Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Suffolk Money Podcast, which is supported by Kingsfleet, providers of life-changing financial advice. In today's conversation, we uncover one of those interesting businesses that you probably didn't know existed. Um, you probably know Suffolk pretty well, uh, from the heathlands of West Suffolk through to the coast of East Suffolk. But we find something today that perhaps you didn't realise existed within Suffolk itself, and that is a vineyard. So today we speak with Charlotte Davitt-Mills uh, about Shopley Vineyard and about the wine that they produce there and the events which they run. Uh, it came as a real eye-opener to me that it even existed, and I hope that it will give you some real enjoyment to hear the story of Shopley Vineyard from Charlotte Davitt-Mills. Charlotte, thanks for uh, joining me today as we find out about Shopley Vineyards. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. No, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Tell me about this. Uh, the first thing is um, there will be people listening to this who know of Shopley, know roughly where it is, and they'll be astonished that there is a vineyard producing wine in Shotley. But first of all, how did you come about being an owner of a vineyard? In 2017, uh, a plot of land came up for sale, which is uh, close to where we live, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's, uh, it's, it slopes down um, and you've got views across fields and you can see the River Orwell, you can see the estuary and Felixstowe docks. And I think that's where it started really, the, the beautiful views. Um, so we, we bought the land and then we thought really about what we would do with it afterwards. Initially, I think that we wanted to set it up as a glamping site because of, because of the lovely views. Um, and uh, me and my husband, we, uh, we both worked full-time in insurance. So the, the idea that was it would be a little bit of a, a sideline project, I guess. Uh, but, you know, things changed. You know, I fell pregnant and started looking into the wine industry a little bit more. And I just, I just fell in love with it. So the... The wine bit is the interesting bit because um, I understand you found something on there that you sort of just thought you would have to tear up, which is the vines, but they were in better condition than you realised. Yeah, no, that, that's right. So, so actually, pe people might know of Shotley Vineyard from, say, 20 years ago because the, the, the vines are really well established. I believe the person who um, planted the vineyard started you know in the late 90s um, and then the the last planting was the Chardonnay which was in 2010. Uh, so actually I think what happened was um, the uh, it, it fell into disrepair basically and the the, the, the owners had left. Um, we knew that there were vines there but it was the, the field was so overgrown you could hardly see the vines it was just weeds and brambles. Um, so, so you're right, we, we thought possibly we'd have to, to grab up the vines, but someone from another vineyard came out and they, they said to us, actually these vines are in really good health. So we um, decided to be managed by someone else. So, um, someone from another vineyard came and managed the vines and, and, and we took it from there. So uh, they were just really confirming that they were still alive, that 
with a bit of work, you could bring them back into use. Um, <laughs> how long did it take to get them to a position where they could actually produce something? Yeah, well, I, I didn't realise, but vi vines are really hardy, actually. They, they can tolerate quite a lot of stress and actually they, they thrive on stress. You know, even at the moment, we're having a really dry period and, and our, our vines are fine. We're not seeing any signs of drought stress and we don't irrigate or anything like that. Um, yeah, so, so we, had to, we had to really hard prune them. Um, and that meant that the following season, we didn't yield a lot of fruit, but we, we were prepared for that. And then the next year, um, we, we, we got a little harvest. I think we got 19 tonnes that year. Um, yeah, and then, and then last year we yielded uh, 29 and a half tonnes. All the vines that are actually vineyard were, are, are, yeah, were already there. We haven't done any planting. So what we, we've done is restored the site. From 2017, um, I, I look at it for the first three years, it was like a restoration project, really. So it was constant battle with weeds and brambles um, to get it a little bit more manageable. Now, now um, they're not so much of an issue. We do have to do weeding as with any other vineyard, um, but the first three years was quite tough because it had got really, really overgrown. And um, let's talk us through the type or the variety of grapes that you grow mm. and uh, each of the characteristics within those varieties. Yeah, um, so we've got uh, Bacchus, Rondo, Pinot Noir, um, Chardonnay, um, Oxoir, Sauvage Blanc, Ortega, uh, and a little bit of Reichensteiner. Goodness. There's quite a lot of varieties. And I think because the uh, vineyard was planted over a number of years, so I think it was started the late 90s and finished in 2010, um, there's, uh, th there's a little bit of Bacchus here, a little bit of Bacchus there, that not all the varieties are planted actually all in the same places that like perhaps you would do now if you were going to plant your own vineyard. Um, but yeah, it's quite nice, I think, to have uh, a, a, lot, a lot of different varieties because what I see with new plantings is people tend to plant the, um, the Pinot Noir, the Pinot Mernier and the Chardonnay, which are the, the champagne varieties. Um, you know, if they're focusing on the sparkling wine, they, they might plant a little bit of Bacchus if they're going to focus on the stills, but, um, I think I think I've got some nice varieties here which work well for our sparkling wine because they're a little bit aromatic um, and then um, Ortega uh, is, is I think an up-and-coming grape um, and, I, and I think we'll start to see some quite interesting still wines from Ortega grapes in this country. So what's Ortega then? What makes Ortega uh, an interesting variety? Um, so I find Ortega um, it's, it's quite aromatic. It's not as aromatic, I would say, as Bacchus, but you, you do get really lovely, um, like floral, little bit of stone fruit flavour in there as well. Um, and also it's quite a nice grape if you want to blend um, into a rosé as well. Um, and, and here we, we, we could do that. We could either do a still Ortega or we could blend it with some Pinot Noir to um, make a nice, a nice rosé. Now you mentioned Bacchus a minute ago. Bacchus, uh, we were speaking before um, recording this, you were saying that that really is a very um, accessible wine for, for someone who perhaps has had new world wines. Is that right? Yes. So I, I would say we, we, we produce three wines, a Bacchus, a Pinot Noir and a sparkling wine. Um, and and I, I always think of Bacchus as being 
the the gateway grape that if you're going to start to drink English wine um, people tend to go for the Bacchus because of the flavour profile um, you know it's actually sometimes called the Sauvignon Blanc of the UK because of the the, the, the parallels with the flavour profiles with the, with the Sauvignon Blanc um, it's quite um, quite floral a little bit of elderflower in there and, and it's got the crisp acidity that I think people quite like you know from like like some of the new world wines that you mentioned and um, so you say that there are three that you produce so they're uh, wines that are bottled with the Shotley vineyard name on them yes that that's right yeah so um we we actually don't put all of our, our grapes into production. So for example, last year we yielded 29 tonnes um, and I, I only at this stage keep about seven tonnes for myself. And I think really for me, that's a little bit of um, a bit of a safety measure almost because I, I wasn't sure at first how well received the wines would be. But last year we sold out of our still wines by um, about October time so that I know I can slightly increase production a little bit now. Um, and in fact, I don't really want to have a gap in stock like I had last year, because I had about six months where I didn't actually have much wine to sell. <laughs> um, yes, it, currently it's, um, it's a Bacchus, a Pinot Noir, and, um, and a sparkling wine, which is a blend of four grape varieties from the vineyard. And when you say that you sold out by the middle of October, you were starting to harvest when and when did you conclude your harvest? So yeah, so har harvest here tends to be from about the last week of September through to the middle of October, because uh, different varieties uh, ripen at different times. Um, and, and also, you know, like I mentioned before, uh, some of our grapes actually go off to other, other wineries. And it depends what you're growing your grapes for. If you're, if you're growing for sparkling wine, you actually I find you you watch the acidity a little bit more than the sugars, um, and uh, with still wine, actually your focus is a little bit more on, on on your sugar level. And if you're trying to achieve really nice high sugars in um, and, and and good you know good phenolics, good flavours in your grapes, you actually want to let your grapes hang a bit longer, um, and uh, that pushes back harvest time. So this meant that last year you'd effectively sold all your still wines by the time you'd finished harvesting them. Yeah, we, no, we had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so um, yeah, so we um, we were harvesting in October. We'd sold we'd sold out the stills. I I did still have a little bit of sparkling wine left, but I didn't get my sparkling wine last year until um, the the end of June. So it was a little bit later coming back from the winery anyway. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, there was a very busy week last year where um, I, I got my sparkling wine back and I also had my baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's one way of celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so this, this is a, another story of how you're combining this with motherhood because you um, started this while you were on your first period of maternity leave and then you've had your uh, latest arrival last year. So you've combined all of this growing the business whilst having young children. Yes, yeah. I don't know, what am I doing? I must be mad. <laughs> yeah, so if, if we, I think if we rewind back to when we, when we first bought the, the land, I then had my son in 2018. Um, and actually it was that period of maternity leave where I got really involved with the vineyard because my, my intention actually was not to leave the day job in insurance. I was always going to, 
have my maternity leave and then then go back to that but when it when it came to it I was due to go back to uh work in April 2019 and uh I I'd just become so involved with the vineyard and loved it so much it was such a passion that had grown that I I, I couldn't do it so um <laughs> Yeah, I'd, it was a really hard decision, though I have to say, because I, I, you know, I loved my job before, but this, this was, um, this was the passion and the opportunity that I just decided to, to go for. Yeah. So, uh, and then, and then uh, last year I had my daughter at the end of June. So uh, I must admit it was hard last year. With, <laughs> with, with yeah, it was. Things are starting to get a bit easier now that she's a little bit older, but. Um, I've got yeah. yeah, I'm sure like mothers. And are you are you training the children on the you know taking care of vines and so on, or yeah, is it a little it, little earlier? It's funny actually how um, ingrained it seems to become actually because um, my 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 son will um, he'll know little jobs to do on the vineyard now. You know if because uh, what we one of the jobs in the vineyard is the the buds that are growing right at the bottom of the vines. You you get rid of those, and my son he's four now he he will know that you have to have to get rid of those and uh, and sometimes he comes up with little ideas you know he loves he loves tractors and things and then um, we were watching a video the other day about uh, blackcurrant harvesting and my son turned around to me and he said mummy we could do that for the grapes you know <laughs> so he's, he's thinking about it all the time but we spend so much time there actually on the vineyard that you know yeah. it's a uh, become second nature I think for him yeah it's, it's lovely it's a real family effort too is that's quite apparent um so you're um for for the wines that you produce with a Shotley Vineyard name on on the side how do you um sell those uh so we sell those um you can come to Shotley Vineyard because we're we're open um Friday Saturday and Sunday um for for people to pop in for for coffee and cake and you can taste wine and you can buy wine um you can Booking for tours, and you know you can also buy wine. Then um, we also have online sales, and there are there are various places, sort of in Suffolk and the wider area now, where you, where you can buy. So Suffolk Food Hall has our wine. Snake Maltings has it now, um, and then there's um, there's an online person called the English Vine who who really champions English wine, and he he sells a lot of our wine as well. A lot of people actually seem to seem to buy from Suffolk Food Hall and then and then the penny drops and they think oh Shotley's just up the road from here you know I'm, I'm surprised actually how many people say to me oh Shotley you know just up just up the road you know <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I know we were talking about this earlier that um, I think that might be where a lot of people are surprised to find that this is going on you know we often think of wine growing regions and you know maybe it's somewhere in France or uh, Germany um, Italy and so on but we don't think that this is something that is possible in the UK never mind in Suffolk and yet here we are um, you're developing quite an incredible business from something on the Shotley Peninsula. I, I, I just I just think it's fantastic actually but the the climate is changing so it's actually getting too too hot now in, in Champagne so e even some of the Champagne houses are buying up land in this country, uh, Tattinger bought um, in Kent, Pomeroy in uh, in Hampshire. Uh, so I think people are starting to see actually that this country is is possibly the, the future of wine growing. Um, and in blind tastings, the, the sparklings in this country are showing really well. Um, 
it's it's so exciting I think and I think this industry is, is going to really grow um, in, in this country definitely. Now intriguingly of course you you're not resting on your laurels and just uh, relying on wine sales you you're opening up your facilities and providing um, other activities on the site so can you talk us through some of the other things that you're doing? Yeah so uh, we we open for coffee and cake uh, we also have uh, food events here so we a format that works well for us is that if we, we invite food vendors here so like um someone that does pizza they they run the food and then we we run the bar and it's a, an opportunity for people to come and enjoy sitting in a lovely vineyard having pizza or having having other food um and trying the wine uh, we also do supper clubs um, and we work with a local chef called the gamekeeper's daughter and her focus is on uh, wild and foraged food. Um, and for the supper clubs, it's four courses and we pair it with the wines. That's been, that's been really popular. Um, and then the other thing that we do is uh, also with the gamekeeper's daughter is forage with a fork. And that is an event where we, we start off at the vineyard um, and have a, a foraged mocktail. And then from the vineyard, it's a short walk across a couple of fields, and then you're on the foreshore of the River Orwell. And there's really, really good foraging along there. Uh, so, so the gamekeeper's daughter will take you through um, what to forage, what not to forage, you know, and, and, and the approach to it. Um, uh, and then uh, she will prepare a menu based on what can be foraged. And, uh, and then you come back to the vineyard and you enjoy that with a glass of wine. Goodness. So there's something there for everyone, really, in, in the activities, whether it is just a bit of pizza and sorry, a bit of pizza is freshly prepared <laughs> um, and to then taste the wines or whether you want a, a longer meal, um, something more formal um, or, as you say, being able to understand something of the foraging side, too. That's something for everyone. Yeah. And we and we love doing that as well, because we, we are in an AONB. So where possible, we encourage people to walk or cycle to the vineyard. And then also if we can have a food offering that showcases uh, the local food, uh, the wild, the forage food. We, we, we love that, you know, to get people really engaged with, with the countryside and the surrounding area. Mm, it's, it's, it's great, all the activities that you're putting on. Um, and what about the dream of the uh, glamping site? Because that obviously was your original plan wasn't it um so how's that going yes so we we didn't get going with the glamping this year unfortunately um i think so, what, what one of the things i have learned with having my own business is that um if you can't fully commit it's best not to do it just yet and and my approach really is that i'd rather focus on just growing growing it slowly doing doing what we do well and then expanding so unfortunately, we didn't get going with the glamping this year, but the plan is for next year. Um, and uh, and I, I think actually it'll be it'll be lovely to be within the vineyard. Um, you know, there's fantastic walks around here. The countryside is lovely and, uh, you know, en enjoy the wine as well. What are your plans for that? How, how would that work, the glamping that you're looking to have on site? So I think initially we would start with with two with two tents. Um, and we'll we'll have the we'll have the facilities here, um, and uh, yeah, it, it it'd be fairly relaxed format like glamping is really, um, and we'll we'll encourage people to to come stay a few nights and in, enjoy the vineyard and the surrounding area. S sounds great. 
Uh, yeah, and again, is that, is that something that you're particularly thinking of from a business perspective in the sense of having, you know, instead of everything being reliant on one source, because I suppose there could be years where your harvest is poor. I suppose that's something you've just got to be prepared for in a vineyard, that if you've got other income streams, it's better from a business perspective. Yes, there, there is that. I suppose it's um, it's it's spreading the risk, isn't it? Um, with uh, having having another with your insurance background, you'll know. Yeah, I know. I understand <laughs> insurancey there, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's there's good crossover sometimes. Actually, having having that career previously has put me in good stead to having my own business. So so yeah, you know, um, absolutely. If you if we have the glamping as well and something happens with the vineyard and you know because that can happen you can have years where your yield isn't as good last year wasn't a very easy year to grow in actually we had we had a cold spring quite a wet season I, I was lucky in the respect that um, my yield wasn't really down last year but I know that um, for some people it was um, and the, the other thing as well that can affect your yield is, is frost um, which uh, you know, so you have to you have to be prepared actually that your your yields can go up and down, and it's helpful to have other other ways of you know generating revenue. Um, and, and also, we have um, we have a coffee machine here. Um, you know, so people can come for coffee and cake as well. So uh, you know, there's there's the other side. So um, the frost is an interesting one because am I right in thinking that there are there have been fewer occurrences of frost? over recent years that is something that isn't as prevalent as it once was in in East Anglia? Well I, our location because we're close to the River Stour and the River Orwell um, the, the vineyard is a little bit more temperate I think than some of the vineyards are a little bit more inland. Um, our vineyard also is all of it is sloping so um, we do enable the cold air to roll off the vineyard but um, Oh, you know, I'm going to touch wood here, but we don't seem to suffer from the frost um, in Shotley. Yeah, but it um, doesn't mean that we don't have other things that we have to, to, look, to yeah. look out for. But that, um, uh, luckily, frost isn't one of them, actually. We, we seem to be OK. Yeah, very good. That's, that's, that's excellent. Um, so how uh, well known are you in the area um, then Charlotte, I mean, um, there will be people who listen to this all over Suffolk and further afield. Who'll, some will be looking where Shotley is on the map. <laughs> There'll be others who know where Shotley is and will be surprised that this uh, exists. But what about people within the Shotley area? Are they familiar with what you do? And how, how do you get involved in the community? Well, so um, I think people within Shotley, a lot of them actually are familiar with the vineyard from from years ago when it was planted and they used to buy the wine back then and you know people people actually come and they say oh I had a bottle of Shotley wine you know 20 years ago and oh I'm so pleased to see that it's up and running again um but then on on the flip side of that you do get people that are surprised actually that there's a vineyard in Shotley um yeah so that it sort of anecdotally I I, I hear I hear both actually um people that knew it from the very beginning and they're really happy that it's going again and then there's other people that have perhaps bought a bottle of wine and not really thought too much about where Shotley is um but but I think with, with Shotley the, the village is 
there's more going on here actually now. Um, they've been um, restoring the, the pier down at Shotley. Um, there's the development at Ganges that's uh, just started. Uh, so I, I think probably in a couple of years, people will realise there's a little bit more going on on the peninsula. And how do you engage with that community um, as a small business? Um, so, I mean, we, we do um, little, little bits and pieces for, for charity. We like to support Shotley Kids Zone. Uh, my son's just been to Kids Zone and had a really fantastic time. Um, and with the development at Ganges, um, Shotley Kids Zone are looking to build a, a bigger building uh, for you know children here. So we um, we actually ran a pamper night recently. So um, to help run uh, uh, to raise a little bit of money for for Kids Zone, and uh, and, and we make donations to um, local charities as well. Very good. I think that's always great if you can do something that's uh, local and um, supports the local community. Uh, that's, that's really good. So how do you see things going for the future then, Charlotte? It's been fascinating understanding how it's grown so rapidly in such a short space of time. But, you know, what's the, what's the end game here? How's this going to con continue? Well, so my, my plans are to um, keep running our tasting room so we have our tours and people can uh, pop in for coffee and cake and try the wine. Um, we'll keep up with um, the food events because they've been really popular. Uh, I really want to um, increase wine production because I think I've got to a point now where I know that it, it's quite well received um, and uh, I can justify increasing the production. Um, for me, initially, um, selling grapes onto other vineyards and keeping a smaller amount for myself was was part of the business model um, and you know to help my cash flow a little bit so that I have my own production and then I have a little bit of money to to run the vineyard as well because at that point my tasting room hadn't been built so I, I needed some funds you know to put back into the vineyard but the the business is now I think starting to to turn the corner where I can justify producing a little bit more wine um, and I think that's really exciting as well because I can start to utilise some of those other great varieties um, and instead of just the, the Bacchus, the Pinot Noir and the sparkling, I can perhaps look to start a traditional method sparkling, um, you know, like we mentioned before, do a still Ortega or do a rosé. Um, you know, I think people would be quite excited about a Shotley Vineyard rosé. So, oh yeah. That's, yeah. So, so that's that's all that's all in the pipeline. Yeah. So, I, I I think really it's just more of the same. We'll we'll get the glamping going and just start to ramp things up a little bit. Yeah. Well, you've been busy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, it's hardly a surprise you haven't been able to get everything going from day one. But as you said earlier, that it's perhaps wise just to. Co uh, concentrate on the things that you're doing well um, and just enable those to grow before you then diversify into other things and you know you, yeah. you're allowing time to uh, to just progress that for you oh, definitely and I think really for, for me there's, there's two sides to it because I am a mum so you know I have to look after my children they're really young um, and it's what's manageable for me being, being a mum as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's got to be a priority, isn't it? <laughs> so that has to be the priority. And then the business fits around that, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and I think I, I would rather just build things up uh, quite gradually and get it right than um, expand too quickly and 
not not get it right because it, it it's it's also your your reputation and mm -hmm. um i'm really keen for people to come here love shotley and love love the wines so how do people find you then charlotte how do they find what you do i suspect looking online is the best place to start yes uh, so we've we've got a website um and i i i do quite a lot on social media so um instagram and, and facebook um and i'll say to people if you want to come to shotley vineyard when you get to shotley church you can go down frogs alley because it, it looks like this little lane that you you, you can't you can't go down but you, you but you can <laughs> so many people arrive and they say oh I wasn't sure what's going to happen at the the end of that lane because it is um a bit of an unmade track really but um yeah it's it's not very long and you can get to us we're at the bottom so that website is shotleyvineyard.co.uk yes and you did just say frog alley yes yeah. so if, if people are familiar <laughs> with shotley and where the where the church is you, you get to Shotley Church and then there's a there's a, a lane called Frog's Alley and uh, we're at the bottom of, of Frog's Alley. Very good. Excellent stuff. Well, it's been great just to hear about the work that you've got going on and what you've delivered in such a short space of time in just five years. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, when, I, when I look back and I and I realise what what has been achieved in five years, I think, oh, yeah, wow, you know, because it it was never... At the beginning i thought right in five years time i'm going to have this i think i need to be a little bit more structured now in my in my planning but i, I think it was just a, a, the, the passion growing and you, you know along that you you see that people are enjoying your wines and you think right well now i'll we'll build a tasting room so people can come here and um oh well the vines are growing well so let's produce a wine and it's kind of gone from there really yeah amazing what you've done in five years and you've had to learn so much alongside it all as well yes uh, and um i've uh, i read a lot i talk to a lot of people in the in the wine and vineyard community and i've also done courses at plumpton um which is the the wine college of the uk i would say oh i've never heard of that so yeah, that's in plumpton. Near, near Brighton. yeah yeah right so that's the place to go if you want to study about wine Yes, I mean, potentially I have been talking to Otley College about um, adapting some courses um, so that it focuses a little bit on viticulture uh, as well. So yeah, I can see that happening in the future because of um, the popularity of the industry and, ha and how it's growing, um, especially in East Anglia. Um, the East Anglia is getting a reputation now for producing some really high quality grapes, especially for still wine. So it would make sense for there to be um, a bit of a, an expertise hub um, and a training centre more in this area. Um, mm -hmm. you know, in 2019, three million vines were planted. So it's an industry that's really growing and uh, there's going to be a lot of grapes and a lot of wine, I think. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah, ex exciting time to be involved in it. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really exciting. And certainly what you've uh, been doing is, is immensely exciting. So yeah, thank you very much. It's been great to hear something of what you've been doing and um, yeah we wish you well for the future oh, th no thank you very much and you must pop down oh don't worry <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it sounds great it's got all the things that, that um, i might be interested in um so yeah especially the food aspect I, lo I love that so that sounds great but yeah thank you charlotte then thanks for your time today no thank you very much
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Suffolk Money Podcast, which is supported by Kingsfleet. As you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is that we look at the three things that you can do with money within Suffolk. You can spend it, which is why we speak to entrepreneurs and business leaders. You can save it, which is why we incorporate the financial experts. And you can give the money away. And that's why we speak with community groups and charities. And today's episode with Charlotte David Mills um, about Shopley Vineyard and the wines that they produce there and the hospitality events which they put on is something which really was of huge interest to me. So please do subscribe to this podcast. We would love for you to be able to give us a five-star rating so that others can find what we offer. Um, and I'm indebted, as always, to Joy Day, uh, for working on our website and visuals, uh, to Sally Birch for booking the speakers, and for Kevin Birch for his skills in editing and producing the finished article which you are now listening to. Please do uh, join us next time on the, the next edition of the Suffolk Money Podcast, and we look forward to having you with us then.